0: A series of FBI raids proves the power often lies behind the throne. And then we take a look at the tragedy that happened this weekend at the Travis Scott concert in Texas. Was it just mismanagement? Or was the entire event a satanic sacrifice? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys had a great weekend. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're gonna get started. First off, coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our newest Patreon supporters. He's running in, he's super excited to get this episode started. Give it up for Mike Hall. Everyone, give a round of applause to Mike. Give you give you a salute, 21-gun salute. Mike, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. Hey, if you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just tell your friends, tell your family about the podcast. That really helps out a lot. Now, Mike, I really like this episode because we got some breaking news stories. Now, I guess I guess it's less exciting if you're in the future six months from now. You're like, yawn. No, they're still good, they're still good stories, even if you're not alive right now. But yeah, we got some interesting stuff. I always love breaking news. Not a lot of conspiracy content gets to do that nowadays. So, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed all the way out to Florida. Mike's driving us out to Florida. It's a long journey. This is such a bizarre story. And I think that one of two things is going to happen. This podcast will be completely removed because of this story. And that'll be the end of it. Or we'll be able to look back and go, this is when the conspiracy theory really blew up. Now, I'm not saying that this show is going to make the conspiracy theory blow up. But what I'm seeing right now is the growth of a massive, massive conspiracy theory. Right now, it's a little pimple, right? It's a little pimple on the face of history. Will it become a blackhead? Will it it just become a giant erupting pus bubble? We don't know yet. So let's go ahead and get started. (laughs) Let's also end the disgusting analogies. I hope you are not eating vanilla pudding. It's 2019, and in Florida, there's a young woman named Ashley Biden. This is of the Biden family. This is Joe Biden's daughter. And she is in a rehab clinic in Florida. She's 39 at the time. And part of her rehab is to keep a diary. In this diary, supposedly. So let me back up a bit here and kind of give this some context. In October 2020, there was a really, really obscure right-wing political website called National File. And they said, we have a copy of Ashley Biden's diary. Somebody gave it to us because they felt that their media bosses, they obtained it somehow They felt that their media bosses wouldn't publish a story, so they gave it to us, the National File, and we will publish this 39-year-old's diary that she wrote while she was in a drug rehab center. Here you go. And they released this diary about a week or two before the 2020 election. I read a lot of political stuff and I read a ton of political conspiracy theories. I just never talk about them on the show, but I never heard of the National File. I never heard of this group at all. They published this article. It did not get covered by anyone else in the mainstream media, in the left wing media, in the right wing media. Even nobody covered this story. And so it was basically this website saying they had Ashley Biden's diary. And you look at it, they had scanned pages of it, and it's handwriting, and it's saying this stuff. And you're like, "Uh, that's horrible if this is true, but... At the, end, at the end, the last page of the diary, because I was flipping through it, the last page of the diary is basically like, and that's my diary. Who? It's good old me, Ashley Biden. Yep, don't do this. This is me. I'm going to sign this. And you're like, this looks fake. And it's coming out a week before the election, and it makes some really damning allegations, one in specific against her father. But you're like, this is obviously a forgery. It's a dirty trick. These things are as old as politics themselves. And it came out. Nobody read it. Nobody went to the website. Election happens. Joe Biden becomes president. Still no one reads national file. Still no one's reading this diary. And it just kind of becomes one of their daily articles that just keeps moving further further back in the past. A dirty trick gone wrong. And that's where it would have remained. That's where even people who are super into conspiracy theories and spend a good bulk of their time reading conspiracy theories never, ever would have heard about Ashley Biden's diary. And what it suggests is there's a passage and it says, she's listing all the things that she thinks led her to be hypersexualized as a child. This 39-year-old woman's in rehab and she's looking back and she's listing these things. And the one, they're all horrible, right? It's all horrible when children are in these terrible environments. But the one that is politically applicable is the statement, quote, showers with my dad. And then in parentheses, she wrote probably not appropriate. Dirty trick, right? And that's where this would have remained. This would have even to the most devout political conspiracy theory aficionados never would have heard of this. until. On November 4th, a year later, after all of this stuff happened, the FBI begins kicking down doors, going, where is Ashley Biden's diary? They went to Project Veritas, which is a right-wing media outlet, and they do a lot of undercover work. And their founder and two other people had, the FBI showed up at their houses on November 3rd and November 4th, saying, where's the diary? Where's Ashley Biden's diary? So the FBI are saying this diary was stolen. Now, Project Veritas, which did not publish the diary, they're they're a much bigger media outlet than the uh, other one. I totally forgot their name, National File. They said... We didn't know whether or not it was true. There was some salacious stuff in there. We didn't want to publish it. Also, we weren't really sure on the. can see, the FBI says it was stolen from Ashley Biden. Project Veritas goes, We were told that the diary was left in a common place, like a hotel room, and someone else checked in the hotel room. So it wasn't, there was no breaking. But Project Veritas goes, We, we weren't going to publish it. So we decided to try to get a hold of Ashley's lawyer so we could try to facilitate a way for her to get it back. Because I guess there, everyone is just being sent screenshots. So Project Veritas chose not to publish it. National File did. No one read the article. Nobody knew this existed. And even if you knew it existed, even if you had read the National File article, even Project Veritas, they're like, we don't know how much of it's true. And you didn't until the FBI showed up at their door and said, where's the diary? So this is the conspiracy theory here. If the allegations are if the allegations are true, that's absolutely awful, obviously. I don't want to sugarcoat that, but it's removing that removing the politics from everything. I want to look at the conspiracy theory part of this. This is a unforced error. The FBI by acknowledging they're looking for the diary, acknowledge the diary exists and it's real. That's the same thing. They acknowledge that it's real. That's what the FBI is doing. And if they had done nothing, or local law enforcement, because it's really this this type of theft, federal? Local law enforcement do it, FBI makes some phone calls, (laughs) have some goons show up, rough up Project Veritas, where's the diary? But by the FBI doing this, it became a national story. They were talking about it on Fox. They're like, oh, now people are looking for this diary. And it is two, three clicks away before you find out what the diary says. So was it an unforced error to the FBI? They didn't need to do this, right? No, And no one believed that the diary was real in the first place. By them investigating it, now people are reading the diary. For the National File used to just publish the excerpts and no one is reading them. And now they've published all 112 pages. It, and let's also say for, for a bit here, it's absolutely disgusting to be publishing somebody's diary. Like, I don't want to sugarcoat that either. I actually debated a lot over whether or not to even reveal any information in the diary, but I had to add some context. But I read, it, it is, I did read a lot of the diary. I have read, read it, but it's awful that they were publishing it in the first place. Here's my thing, and this is where we come to. This was not an unforced error. This is my theory. Someone in the quote-unquote deep state or multiple people are trying to take Biden down. If not take them down completely, take them down a couple notches. They didn't have to do this. And when we talk about the deep state, it's really interesting. That is a term that's been around since I was a kid. They would go by deep state or shadow government. The people truly pulling the levers of power. It became more pop culture in the past five years. But all it is, is, think about it this way. Imagine if at your job, your boss quit. Every four to eight years. And you could work. They can never work more than eight years at the company. No matter how well they were doing. But you started when you were 18. You could work 40 years. You could work 50 years there. Who really has more power? Who has more alliances? Like sure that dude is on television. That president. That senator. Whatever is on television. But the people. The accountants. The, it doesn't even have to be some, something super sexy like the CIA, FBI pulling the strings. It could be your accounting division. It can be all sorts of stuff. The postmaster general. You can have all these other players that people aren't paying attention to. And they're building alliances that last decades. Nobody knew who Barack Obama was until he was like a state senator. And then he's the president. And now he's Netflix. But he didn't have all that time to build up all that political power. And I'd say even now there are people working in D.C. that are more powerful than Barack Obama ever was. Or Trump ever was. Or Biden ever was. And these people know how to pull the strings of power. So my prediction, this, this conspiracy theory just popped up. The, the raids just took place on November 4th. It's three days later. And it's starting to go viral. So this could be a huge thing if the people in the media start pushing it. Like the people in the adversarial or right-wing media, whatever you want to call them, to Biden, start pushing it. The other side will say it's not real, but the fact that the FBI is looking for it, it's fascinating. And somebody, somebody deep within that entire power structure in D.C. made this call to do this. And it's not a good look. I knew nothing of these allegations. And there will be hundreds of thousands of people who never knew anything about this or that the diary existed or that it was published until the FBI went knocking on doors. Fascinating story, and this is we, we. I love looking at conspiracy theories, obviously, but when we start to see them, the, these are levers going in action. This isn't us having a disaster and then watching a movie that came out in 2003 and saying predictive programming. We're watching people pull levers right now that are causing real world chaos. Fascinating stuff for any conspiracy theorist to see this. You have there's just so many layers to this. You have the Horrible allegations, which would basically be a true crime. And then you have all conspiracy on top of conspiracy. Did the diary exist? How did it get stolen? Oh, the diary does exist. The FBI is looking for it. Who ordered the FBI to do this? Why are they looking for it now? Why is it a federal case? Fascinating, fascinating dissection for any true crime enthusiast. I don't know if the allegations in the diary are true. I obviously hope not. Hopefully not, right? Hopefully not. And, you know, you would hope that the diary was fake. It was. It did not exist in anyone's mind until the FBI started knocking on doors. Super, super bizarre story. And I mean, it's just been a crazy week because Mike, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind Florida. We're headed all the way out to Texas. We're in a weird state with conspiracy theory content right now. Because two things are happening at the exact same time. One, established long-term conspiracy stuff, like conspiracy theory communities growing. We're going to start seeing the end to that because YouTube and Twitter and Facebook are going to be trying to block that stuff. They don't want a rehash of the Q movement. They don't want a rehash of these groups popping up and them not doing anything for months and years and so on and so forth. Same thing with Flat Earth, you know, anything that you have these conspiracy theories at the mainstream media, they're like, oh, not this again. They've put mechanisms in place to kind of make it so your algorithm doesn't flood you with that type of content. However, so that's happening. The, and I've been noticing that the big conspiracy theories that already exist, they're going to be here for a while. But the new ones, they're not given a lot of chance to grow. But at the same time, we're seeing conspiracy theories pop up so quickly after the event. So quickly. And it is going to have this whack-a-mole effect. They're not going to be allowed as much chance to grow these new conspiracy theories. But this Travis Scott concert, this was kind of my evolution through it. And it's probably similar to a lot of what you guys went through. Mike Hall is flying us around the Carpenter copter. We're going to land. We're going to try to render aid at this concert. And I guess if you don't know, you're like, oh, it's Travis Scott. He's my favorite musician. But I have, I've been asleep for the past three days. Let, let's build the... Um, build the scene here a bit, in case you don't know. Just this weekend, it was just on Friday, it was November 5th, in Houston, Texas, there was the Astroworld Festival. Apparently this has gone on for a couple of years. And it's a big music festival. This was supposed to be on November 5th and 6th. It was Friday and Saturday. The very first day of this music festival. The place is already at capacity. By 2 p.m. in the afternoon hundreds of people started to storm into the VIP area. So the VIP, the VIP area isn't like a, a velvet rope, and it's like a seating area in the back of the stage. It's, it's basically like this giant stage area. So, I mean, you did have a, a lot of people already there. And I think it was just the VIP section you were closer to the stage. So you had hundreds of people break into the VIP area where they had already said there's going to be this many people in this area. Now you have hundreds more. Now, I didn't, don't really know anything about Travis Scott. I know Fortnite, and then McDonald's, and then he's a musician. I've listened to more Travis Scott music over the past 48 hours than I have before. But Travis Scott, super popular. And apparently, in previous shows, he's encouraged people to like, everyone rush up to the stage. It's just chaos. He encourages chaos at his shows. So the people are breaking into the VIP area. He's not on stage at this point, but it's kind of this is the type of audience. This this riled up, rah bunch of Tasmanian devils locked into a little room. Audience. You had a bunch of people breaking into this VIP area by 9 p.m. You've already started having people getting injured, but by 9 p.m. when Travis Scott takes the stage, and I'm gonna stop right here. I may have called him Travis Walton more than once. That's the guy from Fire in the Sky. If I did that, I apologize. Travis Walton had nothing to do with any of this, but Travis Scott gets on stage and there's just a massive surge of people. And people are getting crushed. People are getting knocked down, trampled. People are dying. They're just dying while this concert's going on. And there's tons of footage coming out of people trying to stop the show Trying to climb up on, there's one horrible video of a a woman, a young girl, yelling at a cameraman trying to get him to stop the show. She goes, there's people dead down here. There's a dead guy right down here. Stop the show. And the cameraman's like trying to wave her off. In all, as of now, you know, it's only been a couple days, but as of now, we have eight people dead. 23 people were taken to the hospital. 11 of those from heart attacks. And a total of 300 people treated with injuries at the site of the event. So it's being considered a mass casualty event. And the, they were completely understaffed, like, medical-wise. But minutes after people were leaving the show, this is very, very fascinating. Something that social media can grant us. People were, obviously we have videos and footage, we have some horrifying footage of dead people at the show. Within minutes, hours after the show ends, you started to see people say this was not an accident. This wasn't brought about because Travis Walton. Damn it. This wasn't brought about because Travis Scott. <laughs> Travis Walton. Travis Walton. He has enough problems. Aliens are chasing him down. This, this isn't because Travis Scott was riling up the crowd. It wasn't because of poor management at the park. And they didn't have enough emergency personnel and they didn't stop the... Russia people. This was a satanic ceremony. That Travis Scott was doing this on purpose. Fascinating, fascinating. It's just such a quick turnaround for this conspiracy theory. So let's take a look. So we have the baseline. We have the facts. Except for one. I actually saved one fact. We'll we'll take we'll look at that in a second, but we have the basic facts of the story. But we start to see all these posts on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere. That this was a satanic ritual. And they were saying when the crush, the initial crush first started happening. I, I can't verify this, right? I wasn't there. But there was a their portal, right? I can't, not like there was a picture of a portal, right? You're like, whoa, was this in the news? No. They're like The background stage was of a black hole when the crush first started. like It was welcoming in the souls. And the opening song was called Escape Plan which apparently is like escaping from your body that's a bit of a stroke okay and this one's so interesting about these is that some of them you're gonna go oh that does sound a a weird why would a human react like that when there's so much human suffering going on around them but other ones you're like what okay anyways he was singing the song escape plan when it first started so maybe that was them supposed to be escaping from their bodies there's video footage of an ambulance. An ambulance, mind you, it has the sirens, it has a little woo, has the little flashing lights. You can't hear anything at these concerts, right? It's trying to get through a crowd of people. It's trying to get through a crowd of over. There's like fifty thousand people at this event, and this entire area is completely packed in. This. Ambulance is trying to get through the crowd of people. And Travis Scott is like, going, hey, guys, what's up? Are <laughs> you guys having a good time out there? He's actually telling them, put your middle finger up in the air, guys. Put your middle finger up in the air. Hold it to the sky. And people are like, dude, there's an ambulance right here. Do you want to stop this show? And then two guys kind of walk up to him and they start talking to him. And he and like two of his crew members. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're thinking, oh, did they say, hey, Travis, yeah, this is cool show. Oh, <laughs> we might want to make room for the ambulance. And he just blew him off. We don't know. But based on what happens next, he goes, put both your hands in the air. Put both your hands in the air. People are like, what? And people were <laughs> people were doing it, right? People were doing They're like, I'm not in the ambulance. I'm. It's not my problem. And then Travis starts the next song as an ambulance is stuck, surrounded by his fans, half of them chanting for him to stop the show, the other half cheering him on. As there's an ambulance trapped in all of these people, he has his two crew members stage dive into the crowd. And they start, I mean, it's so ridiculous. They start surfing the crowd. And you're like, what? Here this is what's so interesting about this conspiracy theory. On the one hand, the that's that's on video. That is on video. On one hand, I have all of it in the show notes. On the one hand, the conspiracy theories really seem to reach sometimes. Like they're like, oh, his entrance to Astro World was his head. And that also looks like this old painting of Satan's head. And you're like, yeah, they both have mouths. <laughs> Maybe they both have open mouths that you can walk through. And then you have, you have a dude watching an ambulance trapped by a bunch of people, and he's like one two three four. He's like everyone jump jump. They're all jumping on the hood of the ambulance. Like it, I mean, like it's clearly an emergency going on. And of course, all of these footage, all these other YouTube videos have shown up. They're like this is what bands should do when. Uh, you need to stop a show, and there was like really cool footage of all these other bands like stopping the show and being like, Hey guys, can you get someone over here? <laughs> I think that I think that guy's passed down, and people are stomping on his head. And they get people get rescued. So there's a lot of people stop shows, right? A lot of people stop shows. But he continues to do this show, and then there's another video of him. This it does it looks it looks a little demonic. And you know me, like, it's so funny. When I started this story, I go, oh, that's weird. People are already trying to take this tragedy and turn it into something. And I won't really say where I sit on the fence just yet. I'll kind of say that at the end. But as I'm watching this stuff and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the big face walking through the mouth, whatever. I do that every Saturday. I was like, hey, whose mouth am I going to walk through tonight? But then I'd come across footage of people stage diving into this disaster zone. And then there's another one where... He's standing on this platform that's probably like 20 feet above, maybe 15 feet above the audience. And it's just him. He's standing up there. And he has this auto-tune. He sings with the auto-tune thing. We're going to the store. And there's someone filming it in the audience. And they're filming a man who is deceased or unconscious. And then the camera, the person turns the camera up to Travis Scott. And he's clearly looking at this guy. No, it's not. You're like, Jason, you know, concerts are chaotic places. He's being carried out by medical personnel. People are picking his prone body up and carrying it. He's not having fun. He's not a beach ball. And Travis Scott is clearly looking at this guy. And he sees everyone step aside. He sees the people come in. They pick him up. He's not moving. It doesn't, like doesn't look like he's sleeping. It looks like he's dead. And they carry him out, and then the camera goes back up, and Travis Scott is looking at the whole thing. He's like, what are we going to do, honey? And he's are like, dude, seriously, you're just going to sing? And there's another video that's been popping up. Travis Scott stopped the show mid-song because someone stole his shoe. And then for the next three minutes, just had just yelling at his private security guards and the surrounding fans to murder him. To be fair, he didn't say murder, but he did ask ten thousand random strangers to f him up, f him up, f him up over and over and over and over again. He did eventually stop the show, and some people say that the concert promoter stopped the show, or he stopped the show, and so the show the show does not go on to this day. And if you walk into Astroworld on a gloomy Saturday afternoon. You may still hear Travis Scott auto-tuned in the darkness. Now they, they did stop the show eventually, and that's when they started being able to access these bodies, a lot of these bodies. So people did die. Th- this is what's interesting about this. People did die. There was imagery that you could say was satanic. And again, like f- f- he had a bunch of fire coming out of the stage. Um, that's pretty typical with shows. I don't think just having fire makes you satanic. Some person said astroworld means astro as in star, which star is like the morning star, which is like Lucifer. So then they said it should have been called Lucifer World. That's not helping. I mean, like, if you really believe this is a satanic ritual, that, that's not evidence, right? That's not helping the cause. Now, so here's the question. Do I believe it was a satanic ritual? We're all allowed to make up our own minds, right? You can agree with me or disagree with me. But do I believe it was a satanic ritual? Well, let me break that in half here for a second. Let's kind of discuss the pieces and we'll wrap it up like this. Do you have have this weird thing with fame that... We talked about this before with like selling your soul to the devil to become famous and things like that. What I've heard of in the past, and I believe a lot of people when they say I sold my soul, they mean it as a, a metaphor. Like they started doing stuff that they wouldn't have done normally to gain power. But there, if you do take the literal thing of selling your soul to the devil, there is always that thing that the price comes cheap in the beginning. Maybe at first they go... Yeah, I'll sell my soul for fame, because what does it matter for eternity? I want to be rich and famous now. And so you do that. But then once you have a taste of that fame and that wealth and that power, then the bill really comes a-knockin'. And that's when the Lucifer, the devil, shows up and renegotiates the terms. Hey, I can't do that. You can't do that, man. We signed a contract. And that's when the devil goes, ha 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 ha, that was just the contract for the contract, and he pulls out a new one. Th- this is pretty common in the lore when we talk about satanic deals, where at first you just sold your soul, but now to continue to be famous, you have to sacrifice people close to you whether or not I, I i've I've heard that both in literature and in people who have said they've actually sold their soul to the devil people who are like that was not a metaphor that was not a metaphor I mean totally accurate and it it could be something like that right on on our scale we're going to put that as the least likely one the least likely one but that's kind of what the conspiracy theory is saying is that Travis Scott causes satanic ritual. I personally believe if there was a satanic ritual there, did he have anything to do with it? I don't know. He definitely could have shut the concert off earlier. You could argue with 50,000 people there. It's really hard to tell what's going on, Jason. Maybe he didn't really know. He stopped the concert after three or four songs or whatever it was. and Maybe. Maybe. But then we have, we're going to break it up into three. I forgot what the other two was. That was the first one that he actually was doing a satanic ritual. Oh, and then the second one was that I used to be a musician a long time ago. And I find the relationship between a musician and the audience super, super bizarre. Where you are deified. That's why you are up on a stage. Or if you're if there's not a stage, if you're at, like, a, a smaller venue, there's, like, this clearing in front of you. You go, you Jason, know, that's because all your equipment and everything like that. That's part of it. But if you've ever been on stage in any sort of performing aspect, I've acted way more than I've done music. But when you're performing in any sort of way, you are elevated. And I don't think it's a good thing. But you're elevated above the rest. And if it's not physically elevated on a stage, which it generally is, you have basically a cleansed area where you are deified. And I don't like that part of it. I didn't like it as a performer, and I don't like it as an audience member either. Now, I'm not saying, I don't want to be standing next to Gigi Allen while he's pooping, right? But there is this weird separation between the artist and the audience. And I get that it's a safety thing, but is it a safety thing? Or is it because they're so fanatical over you? Like, does music create the problem in the first place? It's just a really interesting thing. So I think... And it was interesting because as I was reading this, a lot of people were saying that concerts in and of themselves are satanic rituals. And I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. But I do believe concerts in and of themselves are rituals. It is 100%. When you go to see a musical act, specifically, plays are a bit different, but when you go to see a musical act, you are going to a ritual. You are going to have a religious experience if it is a band you like. If it's a band you you hate and you're dragged there by someone, you're like, oh, man. But (laughs) then that's when you become their antichrist. That's when you start stalking that band. But it is a religious experience and they're actually elevated and the fire and the lights and the noise and all of this stuff and i don't i didn't like it as a musician it was super weird it's the same way why i, I may slip up from time to time but i never ever call you guys fans i don't like i don't consider you a fan of my work i'll use the term listener so on the second on so on the second thing that i do think That music, and concerts in particular, are ritualistic, and you can have good rituals, and you can have bad rituals. You can have rituals that uplift. You can have rituals that cause chaos. And I'm not... There are some people who love chaos. If you're into heavy metal, if you're into death metal, and you like to go to crazy concerts and thrash around and headbang and everything like that, that's totally fine. I'm not anti the chaos, because those shows can all be done safely. Those shows you don't have to have crushes of people, but you have you can have a chaotic ritual which still feels like a religious experience, and you can have a very uplifting or the chaos can be uplifting. You know what I mean? There's different music for different people, but when you go to a concert, you are going to a ritual. So in 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 that sense, it is interesting to think that this astro world was a two day magical ritual people were are going to be around like-minded people listening to music that infuses their soul with joy i'm not a fan of travis scott i mean i can't even remember his name but um there are millions of people who are it's a ritual so that's my second thing but the third the last thing i want to talk about it's a piece of information i left out earlier and we'll see if anything comes of this because right now This is really, really interesting and it ties back into the other two things we're talking about. If concerts are a ritual, I can go to a concert and perform satanic black magic and the singer not even know, right? I could go to a Travis Walt... I could go to a Travis Scott concert and let him get all that energy whipped up. Get him... That frenetic, chaotic life force. He's sucking it towards him. He's created this vortex. And I do the ritual. Unbeknownst to him. I do the ritual. I make the sacrifices. As of today. So it's only been two days since this happened. But this is being reported by the local law enforcement. They believe that someone was walking through the crowd with a hypodermic needle and injecting people with it. There's a story that there was a security guard and a medical technician standing there. And the security guard felt a prick on the back of his neck. And he told the medical examiner, ah, I just got something poked me in the back of the neck. And while the medical examiner was looking at them, the security guard collapsed. And they administered Narcan, which is an anti-opioid, and he revived them. So the question is, these people who had heart attacks, were they murder victims? Was someone walking around injecting this stuff into them? Now, you can have a heart attack from being crushed. You can have a heart attack from being trampled. But we have eight people dead... And then other than those 18 people another 11 people with cardiac arrest and 23 people in total in the hospital. So we'll see what comes of that story. That sounds awfully demonic. To walk into a crowd of people reveling in their favorite music and murdering them. One after another after another. And people were saying, when a body would fall down, that made people panic and start moving around even more and hurting more people. So how many of these... Is that an urban legend? Is that a way to kind of hand-wave away safety concerns? They're like, it wasn't because... (laughs) The reason why this happened wasn't because we weren't fully prepared with the right medical staff. It was because some lunatic was walking around with a needle. Like, which one's scarier? Mismanagement and incompetence? Or or that or that crazy guy at the needle who's still out there. He's like, all right, Lollapalooza's coming up next. Sounds very demonic, and that's actually, if you were that sinister, that is a good ploy. Not, (laughs) I'm not advising you do this, but I could see someone who is a practitioner of the dark arts doing this, causing chaos. Taking lives during this heightened emotional energy and then feeding off of that energy or saving it for later, saving it for some other ritual. But what I find, we're going to wrap it up like this, the demonic, the the spiritual coin, right? The spiritual balance of the universe. I found this story really, really fascinating. You flip that coin, you have demonic activity. If If we are assuming this guy was walking through the crowd, stabbing people there was a Twitter user going by the name of Madeline. And she tells this story. She goes, I was at Astroworld, and I had been at Astroworld Festival before, but this time it just felt totally different. There was way too many people. Things were getting out of control. And she got crushed. And she actually couldn't breathe, and she passed out. She goes, I found out after the fact that I had passed out in the audience, and my friend and a bunch of random strangers crowd-surfed my unconscious body over to this fenced-off area where there were some EMTs. And she goes, what I remember was being in the audience, realizing things had gone way too south, and I, I have no idea what's going on. And then I'm sitting in a tent with a bottle of water between my legs, like she was completely unconscious. And as she's coming to, she sees bodies lined up in this EMT area, and people are doing CPR. She's an EMT. And she puts that bottle of water down and immediately starts saving lives. One of the first things she does is she sees people doing CPR in this dead person, and she checks their pulse and goes, move on to the next one. These They were just random. She goes, I saw teenagers trying to give CPR, trying to bring people to life. And she goes, move on to the next one. She goes, they didn't know. You check the pulse? They don't have, they don't have a pulse. Triage. Go to the next person. Get the people that you can. She starts coordinating supplies. She saved lives by being on that side of the fence. I found that it's such an interesting side to this. Had she not gone unconscious, which I don't think she enjoyed, but had she not gone unconscious, had her friend and other strangers not carried her, she easily could have just died on the ground, right? They carried her over and dropped her off in this EMT area where her training helped her save lives. Not everyone's life, but some of them even while a mass casualty event is going on, even in the midst of a possible satanic ceremony, God can still send down some of his angels and put them in the right place where they need to be to save lives. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.